You are listening to In The Queue with Bruce Coombs, a podcast where we discuss how to help grow your accounting and legal practice with industry thought leaders. Today's episode is part of our In The Spotlight series, in which we speak with legal and accounting practitioners who have demonstrated innovation, success and commitment throughout their work. Every month, we nominate an accounting or legal leader who has had a significant impact on their industry and brought a different perspective to the way they conduct business. In this episode, we are meeting with David Darm, Chartered Accountant, CEO and founder of Health and Life Accounting Firm. David deeply cares about healthcare and ethics and has successfully incorporated his beliefs and principles through his practice. Well, today for our uh, Practitioner of the Month, we're joined by David Darm. So absolutely exciting to uh, to see you again, David. Um, David's got a, a pretty uh, interesting story that I hope uh, everybody else enjoys uh, as much as I did the first time I heard it. Uh, Dave, I think it was back probably 989, something like that. You were working at, uh, at KPMG, you know, putting in, the, putting in the hours, all the rest of it there in the, the late 80s. Uh, and you had a, a motor vehicle accident around 5 a.m. Uh, on your way to work, uh, which uh, was uh, obviously a, a significant point of reflection. Do you want to expand a little bit on that and uh, what motivated you past that and, you know, what you might have, you know, if you went back in time, would you have changed anything? Um, this kind of sounds a bit weird. No, I wouldn't have changed anything. Um, do I wish people to experience what I experienced by, you know, obviously I was working long hours. I'd fell asleep at the wheel at 5 a in the morning on a Tuesday morning. So there was no partying or alcohol. It was just, uh, I was pretty much a grad six months pretty much into it. And yeah, I basically fell asleep, hit a tree, had night operations. Um, and I just said to myself, hey, is this all life about making money for rich people? Um, it was a bit of an epiphany for me personally. I thought it's not worth losing your life over helping somebody make more or less money. And I started to really question my values. And I guess at the same time, I was looking at doing something that was more useful, more meaningful, more purposeful. Now, I'm not saying what accountants do isn't useful, meaning and purposeful. Just for me personally at that time, I kind of realised, look, there were better things I should be focusing on. And that's where I got into healthcare. And even though I came from a medical family of specialists, um, I just realised there were problems in the healthcare systems being a patient. And I thought, well, maybe I can use my accounting skills, understand the funding issues. And because accounts are particularly good at systems and procedures, seeing what gaps exist and whether I can make a contribution in a, in, in a more useful, meaningful way to practitioners to help better run their practices, to help patients navigate the system. So I effectively became a patient advocate, knowingly or unknowingly at that time, just from that experience. And um, and that's how Health and Life was born. Yeah, look, absolutely. I think uh, I think very much one of, your, uh, one of your tenets is that you're an advocate for patients. And, and so how do you sort of put the patient first in that sort of day-to-day sort of environment? Um, look, it's pretty easy. People think it's difficult. I mean, it's about ethics at the end of the yeah. day. Um, you know, if, if, if you're going to be running an ethical practice and, and it doesn't just apply to doctors, it applies to accountants. I mean, if you're going to have a brand, it's got to start with ethics. You've got to do what's in the best interest um, of your patients or your clients. So I didn't see that we were actually at opposing positions. And part of being ethical is actually running a sustainable practice. So you should be taking on, and we get told this all the time, you know, as a member of the Institute Charter Council, CPAs, we always get told, don't take on a client you can't service. Mm. Uh, you've got to do what's in their best interest. And the courts also have a share of similar view. They don't care whether you get enough money or not. 
you, you need to be in a position that yeah. you can actually service it. So I guess part of what I see our, our role is doing is helping patients or helping clients explain to patients about their fees, their costs, and, and why those fees are higher or lower, what they can do to mitigate those fees and costs, and then helping them through that journey. Because obviously a doctor can't work for free any more than an accountant can, and people don't want to be careless or reckless. So there's a conversation. It's a gentle one, but if you do it in an informed and practical way with templates and information, you can help empower you know, your customer, your patient, uh, your client, and in and, and a way you move forward. So I don't think it's difficult. It's about having the conversation. Well, absolutely, and uh, you know, it's uh, you're absolutely right. I think there's 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 plenty of uh, litigation around the accounting industry where if only they had a little bit more time, they might have checked a little bit more closely, whatever, right? But that's that that's fine. So thinking about you then as a as a leader, how would you describe yourself as a leader in your uh, in your firm and also within the, the general community? Um, I, I guess I'll start. I'm a very top down person, not bottom up, which is what most lawyers and accountants are good at. Um, and but you've got to be both. Um, and to be a leader, you've got to be top down, not just bottom up. And I think, um, and that's by having that vision and that purpose, which is the greater purpose is creating a sustainable and socially responsible healthcare system. So I guess what we lead is in that thinking and going, hang on, he didn't say practice, he didn't say for doctors. He's, I take a very community view of what we do that's in the public's interest, and that's how you lead. Start with the public interest. Uh, you know, and that's my end point. And everything we do is about having that as an end point, and then we work backwards from that point. Um, so, um, and then that's then saying, well, okay, what is our, what are we doing here? Well, we're trying to make sure our clients stay and run a sustainable practice so they can provide high quality care. And, and, and that part of that narrative goes to my staff then saying, well, guys, we're here not for me, not so I can sell out at 10X or 20X. Like, I don't really care about that. I mm. say, we're here to give you know, so our clients trust us to give them the best available advice so they can focus on seeing patients, not worrying about their money, so they can do a great job on patients. And by helping the patient, you help the community. And that community, you know, fuels the economy. And I've worked in, in very remote places or clients from remote places in nickel towns and stuff where you see mm. BHB comes in. And, you know, if you don't have that general practice service up and running, which is a key infrastructure, mm. nothing happens. So, you know, I often will get called talking to, you know, company executives. How do we make sure we get these facilities working, the doctors don't go through burnout, etc. And what we basically do is we just help communicate, you know, whether it's the community, the corporates or, you know, the, the practice, look, this is how you set up and run a sustainable and socially responsible practice. And that's how we lead. We just lead by focusing on this is the result we need to get for our clients and their community they serve. Mate, that's, that's, that's marvellous. Mate, two, two final things for you. The first one, tell us about the One Moment Foundation. <laughs> oh, that's a big question. The One Moment Foundation actually came from uh, many years ago. I had a personal financial crisis. It was actually at the age of 12. And... <laughs> And people say to me, what's that all about? And I said, well, look, I was, I was one of those classic kids who got bullied when I was young. I was put a year up when I probably shouldn't have. And um, I wasn't doing too well at school, to be quite honest. And my parents weren't that enamoured with me and saying, well, I was never going to, I was going to become a garbage collector. And so did my, <laughs> uh, uh, my teachers didn't think I had much of a future. And I did what were called the veggie subjects. I went to a Catholic school and the veggie subjects was commerce and accounting. It wasn't, you know, Latin which was a dead language. <laughs> so that's where all the dumb kids went. 
And anyway, one afternoon, um, uh, we we're playing school tennis. It was a Saturday, well, actually, it was a morning, a Saturday morning. This guy rocks up in the, the latest model Mercedes Benz, a big black one back in the 80s. And then he pulls out this mobile phone. And I thought, oh my God, that is amazing. And I couldn't help myself as a kid. And I turned up to this guy and I said, what do you do for a living? And then he proudly said, stated to me, I'm a chartered accountant. And I said, wow, what's that? <laughs> he explained to me and he explained to me the subjects that I need to do at school. And, you know, that I had to get through the pearly gates to university. And literally, that only took one moment, a five-minute conversation that really helped me focus on what I wanted to do. And I'm doing exactly what I wanted to do. And if it wasn't for that chance meeting, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be here having this conversation with you. And it sort of took away all the sense of loss that a lot of people feel when somebody has that one conversation and it just nudges you into, you know, to, you know, to all these blue ocean water opportunities because they put it so simply. And this guy is actually, actually was the managing director and founder of McMahon's Holding Engineering that's listed on the Stock Exchange, which I didn't know. And he, Falls Creek owns a few ski fields and resorts. I didn't know that and amusement parlours. But it was such a simple conversation and that took one moment and I met other people. I said, why did you get into accounting and all that? And I'd say, well, I saw this guy that was treated really, really well. You know, and, you know I was just a receptionist and, this, and we found out later he was an accountant. I thought, and it said it only took one moment. So the one moment yeah. foundation is more about trying to inspire younger kids, adolescent kids into thinking about their future, not about their subjects and whether they get an A or B, but what do they really want to do in life? Yeah. And all it takes is one moment to meet the right people. And that's what the foundation is about, introducing people to the right people to have that one moment chat. That's a, that's a great go. foundation. Great story, David. And you're telling you. you met the Gordon Gecko of the chartered accounting industry in the mid-80s down there too <laughs> at, uh, at tennis. But anyway, that's uh, exciting totally. times. That's my last question for you then. What's next? You know, what's the uh, what's next for, for David? Um, well, my key focus, obviously, we want to keep growing our practice with the medical community. Um, interesting enough, I found out a way how we can use the accounting professions um, globally agreed accounting standards and concepts and 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 it's not used in medicine and i didn't realize how unique the accounting profession is but we do have commonly agreed um, accounting standards and they are set at a global level this does not occur anywhere in the world when it comes to healthcare so there's a huge opportunity for accountants to lend their framework um, for the healthcare industry to write off the back of to actually improve healthcare standards. So uh, we've set up a project called the International Healthcare Standards and Ethics Board, and I've been working with some key people within the APSB um, for our profession out in Sydney. And um, I just think that we've got some huge opportunities where we can basically put a price on human life, make sure there's better resource allocation mm-hmm. and actually uh, export that globally. So that's basically, it's a non-for-profit foundation we're focusing on where we can actually help lift the financial and literacy rates in healthcare so people can be more self-empowered and in and, and, and how they direct where the healthcare goes next. Fantastic. Well, look, thank you, David. Thanks for taking some time out of what uh, we all know is a very busy time for, for accountants right around Australia. Mate, it's great. Uh, thanks for being a client of QuickFee as well. Great to uh, great to have you on. Mate, thank you so much for everything you're doing. I think it's great what you're doing with one moment. And, uh, mate, thanks for being part of it today. Absolute pleasure. You take care, Bruce. And thanks, okay. QuickFee. It's been a fantastic journey we've had with you guys so far. Oh, All the best. Kind. Thanks, okay. David. Take care. Thanks for listening to In The Queue with Bruce Coombs. If you'd like to learn more, head to quickfee.com.au. 
If you like what you heard today, please follow us so you can get updates on new episodes coming up and share our podcast with colleagues, friends and other firms.